0: I knew you guys were here, but I forgot you were here until just now. Um, Board meeting is is, uh, Wednesday night at 7, and we'll be at the new building for the board meeting. Um, But I need help uh, Wednesday night at 545. I want to get all the black chairs out of here. So if you have a trailer, or multiple trailers, uh, if we could park them right there, 545 Wednesday, and we'll bring them down and get them over to the new building. And then after that, anyone who wants to clean those black chairs... Okay, if you have a vacuum or a carpet shampooer, if we could bring those. um, I'll send out more details on that. But Wednesday, 5.45, we're moving chairs, cleaning chairs, board meeting after that. And then the other thing, I apologize for the stuff here. This was all red, and I unplugged it, and now this one's blinking. and, And... I don't know. I tried to fix it and I couldn't. So Hebrews five about this, we have much to say since it is hard to explain, since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk. not And for the second week in a row, our milk is bad at our house. Two weeks in a row. You need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, what we've been looking at, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Messiah and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God of instruction about baptisms. We said last week, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. This is God's word. So we're in our fourth week. Working through the basics of following Jesus. What the author of Hebrews calls elementary and milk. Kid stuff. And so to uh, catch our people up. who have been serving in the nursery. Uh, Megan's probably out this morning. Michelle, thanks for serving kids last month. Jared, is Jared doing kids again? We'll catch everyone else up. Real quick, we've covered uh, repentance from dead works, which is stop doing the things that lead to death, okay? Don't get drunk, don't sleep around, don't hate your brother. Basic. Stop If you're doing it, stop. Repent from... Dead works. Second was faith towards God. Trust that God and his word are reliable, specifically as it concerns the end of the age and eternal punishment and eternal reward. And then live accordingly. Okay? The weatherman, I trust. Him. I don't trust the weatherman. But if I, I only trust Charlie. If I did, and he said it's going to rain, and I trust him and count him reliable, I'm going to put an umbrella. If I just say I trust him but don't, I don't get an umbrella. Okay. Then last week, instructions about baptism. So after someone is repenting and believing, and we give them sufficient time to teach them the ways of Jesus. Allow them to count the cost before they are immersed into his name. That was last week, and you came back for this week. Which after last week, I thought, um, gives us three to go. Okay, The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These are the basics. So for today, for the laying on of hands, like last week, I didn't have a good grasp when I read it, okay? Laying on of hands. I was like, I know a couple places where this happens, and I know that we do it, but I don't really know what all is going on. So to discover what's meant by the laying on of hands, we go back to Moses. We go back to the Torah and ask, Moses, what is the laying on of hands? And he has a lot to tell us And the first thing he tells us is that hands are laid for passing on blessing, okay? So at the end of Jacob's, uh, Israel's life, Joseph brings his sons Ephraim and Manasseh to him. So Genesis 48. And he said to them, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. And he kissed them and embraced them, okay? So he wants to bless them. How's he going to do it? Verse 14. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, and he does it this way, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God, and this is beautiful, okay, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys. And in them, let my name be carried on in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. It's a beautiful, sacred moment in, in your life. If you're doing your Bible reading plan, you're just like, burr, burr. that's when you just slow down. God, he lays his hands and he blesses them. Okay, so that's one instance of, of laying hands. It's for blessing. Bless. Put my hands on him. Bless Next, the laying out of hands is is used to announce ownership and and kind of give identity, too. So this shows up uh, in, in Leviticus in the hand-leaning right, because like it's what it's called. So to approach God in the tabernacle or the temple, they bring their animal. The priest checks it out, sees it, uh, you know, make sure that it's blameless. Brandon, you would be a good priest. I mean, you got the beard, good at checking out animals, okay? The priest checks it out, makes sure that it, that it's you know, praiseworthy, and then the worshiper will lay his hand on the animal's head, and he presses down on it heavily. heavily. Okay, so Hebrew smock really heavily, not lightly. Um, so, if you've been in a Pentecostal, Charismatic prayer meeting, youth group, whatever, and you get a little bit miffed when when the prayer guy is pushing on you, he's just being biblical. All right, it says don't don't do it um, lightly. Tell the story before I'll tell it again. Um, it, you guys know Ronald Oldhouse, our, our missionary from Holland, Romania. Um, one of the first times that I remember him being at the old building, um, I didn't want to go because Keaton Page was playing basketball here for the North Country tournament, and I like to watch Keaton Page do his thing because he's this tall and just dominating everyone, and it's hilarious. Um, but I had to get back to the end for the, so I could be there for the prayer part because my dad said, you gotta be there for the prayer part. So I get to the prayer part, Ronald has people lined up and he's praying for him and they're just pop, 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 falling on, right? It's just bam, bam, bam. We've got the blankets, the whole, the whole bit. I'm up in the balcony. I'm like, he's not gonna get me. No way. So I go down, um, for prayer because I, you know. Prayer's a good thing at this time and all? Like, yeah. So, and I, I lock my legs. I'm like, all right, bring it on, you know? And um, he he barely touches me, man. And I just, boom. Like, it was. I never, you know, it's happened twice before. But then I've been in lots of prayer meetings where the guy is, like, wanting people to fall down and they're not. So he kind of like, that makes me so mad. Okay. Anyway, he's practicing Samak. Leviticus 1, four, when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, he shall bring it to the entrance of the tents of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. And he shall lay his hands amok on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Okay? So what the worshiper's doing, when he lays his hand, he's saying, this is mine. Okay? I'm, his, he, I'm him, he is me, this is mine. This ident- animal identifies with me. Okay? I am he, he is, we're we're the same, all right? So first, laying hands confers blessing. Second, it signifies ownership, gives identity, we is the same. And then third, and this is the cool one, I think, laying hands uh, ordains and then oftentimes even confers the spirit of, of God. Okay. very cool. Numbers uh, eight. Take the Levites from among the people of Israel, cleanse them, and you shall bring the Levites before the tent of meeting and assemble the whole congregation of the people of Israel. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites and then Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord. Right. Just like they would offer the animal before the Lord. Right. So kind of signifying ownership and identity, but also. Setting them before the Lord as a wave offering, which what I don't know what that is, from the people of Israel. Why? Why do they lay their hands and offer them to the Lord that they may do the service of the Lord? OK, so they're laying hands on the Levite to set them apart to do their job in the tabernacle. OK, Exodus thirty thirty. you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, set them apart, ordain them to do a task that they may serve me. As priests, okay. So this, assumedly, we see involves hand, but probably um, oil too. Psalm Psalm one thirty three. We're going to sing maybe at the end of service today. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down the beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes, like the dew of Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. Okay, for there the Lord has commanded blessing. Right. So it kind of all of these things are, are flowing together in the laying on of hands. Next wild, wonderful stuff. Numbers 11. Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting. Let them take their stand there with you. So the Lord's talking to Moses. And then he says, verse 17. This is in your Bible, too. OK, he says, and I will come down there and talk to you. That is so cool. And then what happens? Okay, he comes down and I will take some of the spirit that's on you, Moses, and I will put it on them that they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it alone. So now laying on hands isn't mentioned here, right? Um, But we can infer that Moses did lay his hands and the spirit did come on them because of this story later in Numbers, Numbers 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, let the Lord or Moses spoke to the Lord, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man ordained, set apart over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him. Okay, so how does Moses appoint a man? Lays his hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission, ordain, set him apart in their sight. Then what? Sorry, do you guys remember uh, when I got ordained? Luckily I was wearing Derek's coat, not my own, because he poured oil all over me and it just got... Uh, I don't know what became of that cope. Sorry. You shall, verse 20, you shall invest him with some of your authority that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. Verse 22, and Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation, and he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. Okay, so it doesn't say it there, but Deuteronomy tells us uh, later, that not only did Joshua receive some of Moses' authority, he also received some of of the Spirit. Okay, Deuteronomy thirty four nine. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the Spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. Very cool. Very weird. Okay, but <laughs> this is so. So in the Torah, um, hands are laid to confer blessing. Here. Blesses them to show ownership and identity and then to ordain and or confer the, the spirit of, of God. OK, your Bible is just weird. It's just it's just how it is. So what about in the time of Jesus um, and the apostle? Let's see if they blessed people by laying hands on Mark 10, 13. People would bring little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them and Jesus is being jerks. And then after taking the kids in his arms, he laid his hands on them and. Bless them. Yeah, Mark 5. One of the synagogue leaders, Jairus, came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly. My little daughter is dying. Come lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So would you consider healing a blessing? I would. And the assumption is that this happens, healing, blessing, through the laying on of hand. So Mark, six, or Mark 16, whether it's canon or not, I think it fits with what it is. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Right? Our first couple basics. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. The last basic, eternal judgment. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get saved. Well, so the the Jewish apostles from their Messiah will be a blessing to all the nations in one sense by laying hands and blessing through healing, okay? And so this is what happened, and it, and it is what is happening. So after Paul uh, is blinded, the Lord says to Ananias, Acts 9, get up, go to the street called Straight, to the house of Judas, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Okay? Now, Ananias is not an apostle. He's not an elder. He's not a deacon. He's, you know, whatever other title you want to use. He's just a Obedient Jewish dude. Okay, so I don't want you to think about laying on of hands like, well, that's just for the super master bishop apostle prophet people. No, it's for people like Ananias. Okay. Just being obedient. Verse 17. Ananias went and entered the house. And he placed his hands on Saul. And said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, has sent me. So that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened when he laid his hands on him at once? Something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Right? Like, it's this just weird, cool stuff. So laying hands... Conferred blessing through healing, but it was also, assumedly, the conduit by which Paul was filled with the Spirit. Okay, so same thing. And then Saul passes this blessing on that that he received, Acts 28, um, Publius' father. Publius? Tyler? Maybe? No? Alright. Publius' his father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery, and Paul went to him, praying, laying his hands on him. He healed them. After this, the rest of those uh, on the island who had diseases also came and were healed, assumedly through Paul laying his hands on them. And then post-Acts church follows the same pattern. James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church. Let them lay hands on them, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick. Now, there's no hands mentioned there, but probably, right? Based on what we've got through the thing, we need to be touching people all, all the time. All right? So it's the same hand-laying tradition from the Tanakh. It's, it's used to bless. We lay hands to bless. And the author of Fieber says this is elementary, basic milk. Okay? What about uh, ordaining and setting apart? Same thing, Acts 6. Brothers and sisters, can I? I'm just reading a ton of Bible verses. Is that fine? Is that good? Okay. Okay. Just checking because there's a bunch more. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Acts 6. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, who we can appoint to this duty. How are they going to do that? The apostles say, we have to devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Then they had them stand before the apostles, and the apostles prayed and laid their hands on them. Why? To set them apart for service. To the body, Acts 13, in the church of Antioch, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. How did they do this? Verse three. Then after they had fasted, prayed and laid hands on them, then they sent them off. Right? Same thing. After Acts, same pattern. Titus one. The reason I left you, Titus in Crete, was to set right what was left undone as I had directed you to appoint elders in every town. Now, Titus doesn't mention laying hands, but it's assumed because of what Paul tells Timothy when Timothy's appointing elders. First, Timothy five twenty two. Don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. Right. So he's appointing. Don't don't do it too. don't do it too quickly. OK, don't set apart someone for special service. Don't ordain them too quickly. Same as the Tanakh. They lay hands to ordain or set apart. What about the spirit thing? This happens a lot, actually. Uh, the last one, again, weird and wonderful, a measure of the spirit is imparted through the laying on of hands. Not all the time, but sometimes. Okay? Sometimes people get it without the laying. Like, especially if you're reading Acts, guys, like if you try to just get a, a pattern for everything, it, it does not work. Okay? God does things how he wants to do them, when he wants to do them, kinda. But we can try and obey what we can here. Acts eight fourteen, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. So Jerusalem and Samaria eh, don't like each other. okay? but they got the word of God, too. They sent Peter and John to them. And after they went down there, they prayed for them so that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them. And what happened? Those dirty Samaritans received the Holy Spirit. But even them, right? It's like a step above Gentiles. They got the Spirit too. So notice here we're giving we're getting both the giving of the Spirit and the conferring of identity and ownership. Okay, this is very important for the the story of Acts. Samaritans and Jews, not on best terms, but but by the apostles. From Jerusalem, the the head honchos, right, the influencers, the important ones, by them laying their hands on these Samaritans, it signifies to that whole early movement, we as them, they as us, okay? There is no Jew, nor Greek, nor, you know, slave or fit. Like, we are all on the same, even them. And everyone in the back of Jerusalem like, even them? And the apostles go, yeah, even them. And they go, really? Yeah, same Holy Spirit. Fell on them that fell on Verse 18, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, so that anyone I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. And things go badly for him after that. But it's just like an assumed function, okay? The apostles lay hands, the Spirit's given, this is how... It works. Acts 19, they find some more disciples who haven't heard about Acts 2, yet when they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy, okay? Like, Just, yep, this is what happened. Luke is like, okay, tell me more, and this is what you're getting, okay? Uh, look at how this functions in Timothy's own life. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12 he says, writing to him, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth, but set an example for the believers in all these ways. Verse 13, give your attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Verse 14, Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you. And, and when did Timothy receive this gift? Paul's talking about it was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. This is how Timothy got this gift that Paul's like, stir up, man. Don't let it go away. Second, Timothy one six. I remind you, I want to remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. So at some point in Timothy's life, I'm, I'm guessing it's right after his baptism, based on where we're going to look later. I think right after Timothy's baptism, Paul laid his hands on him and the Lord imparted a gift through the laying on of hands, okay? So Timothy, uh, kind of a weirdo, uh, Jewish mom, Gentile dad, hears the gospel, repents, trusts in God. He then gets circumcised because for Paul, an uncircumcised Jew is outrageous. And then Timothy followed some sort of sequence of baptism into the Messiah, the laying on of hands, by which he was blessed, ordained, set apart, and received a measure of the Spirit. I think that was Timothy's story and Timothy's life okay (laughs) so um, do you you see how kind of all these uh, first four elementary principles and milk and basics kind of all go together right they all kind of sequentially follow now the pattern isn't the same every single time especially in acts okay it's not the same Not the same, but but there's a little bit of consistency in repentance and faith and baptism and the laying on of hands. Those those things kind of flow together. Okay, so basic to following Jesus from Hebrews six is repentance from dead works and faith towards God and instruction about baptism and the laying on of hands. Basic to following Jesus is that there's a time when the newly baptized disciple is blessed, prophesied over, invested with with a new identity into Jesus and into the local church, right? This is what we're doing. He is us, we them, okay? And they receive a measure of the Spirit. That's not airtight, but I think this is what is going on um, in Acts, definitely in the, the... the first century believers after this like last week I read a bunch of old documents from the dedicate I could have read a bunch more this week like they had this planned out like this is how we're going to do it we're going to anyway so if it was basic to them I would like it to be basic for us okay something that we don't have to like think through all the time but it's, we've been trained in it by constant practice Hebrews 5 and it's just what we do we want A regular ministry of calling people to repentance from works that lead to death. And then they actually stop sinning. Okay, We want a regular ministry of calling people to trust and allegiance towards God. And then they actually trust him and start down a path of living like God actually rewards and punishes. Toward God, we want a regular ministry of doing a thorough job of instructing new disciples in the ways of Jesus and making sure they count the cost before baptism and then they actually count it, see that it's worth it, and go under the water. And they count it and they see it's worth it, they go under the water, and then we want a regular ministry of laying on hands. Okay. We're just in our normal church life where we pray over each other for, for blessing and healing, and we and we do this for ordaining and commissioning specific ministers. And always, okay, always when a new disciple is baptized, we lay hands, the Spirit of God rushes on them, and they and the elders bless and prophesy the soaking wet disciple, and the Spirit of God falls on them. That would be ideal. <laughs> That's what we want to do. We want that to be regular. We do that and we're obedient to what we think God is saying here. And, and then it happens. Okay. And then these new disciples spend the rest of their days like Timothy. Not neglecting the gift of God that's given to them. But kindling the gift of God. God. Over and over and over and over. And I think this kind of regular ministry, starting with repentance up to this point of laying on of hands, will cause us to grow in maturity. Which is what the author of Hebrews is like. We're spending six weeks on what he said not to spend six weeks on. Okay? He wants us to move past. So if you're here today and none of these basics are true for you, there's no repentance from dead works. Okay? Okay. You're still doing whatever your flesh wants to do. Flesh says jump. You say how high. Repent from dead works today. Second, then trust in God. Put your faith in the work of Jesus on the cross for your sins. Put your faith in the work of Jesus in his resurrection for your eternal life. Put put your, your faith in Jesus' ascension. That he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for the saints. And put your faith that he's actually coming back. To reward the righteous, punish the wicked, raise the dead. And after that, and you've counted the cost, I'm going to follow him. Then you need to be baptized. Okay? And we need to instruct you in the ways of Jesus. And you need to go into the water. And when you come up, we will lay hands on you. And the Spirit of God will fall on you, rush over you, fill you, all the things we said today. So if, if that is you, today is the day to repent, believe the good news. If you have questions about what that means, what that looks like, how to follow Jesus, how to repent, how to trust, the whole bit. You can talk to a member of our church if you're sitting next to them, or you can talk to me or any of our elders after. But today is the day of salvation, okay? Today is the day to turn Okay. okay? Um, okay, so I uh, w- was working on this um, this week, and... Um, the elders yesterday and said, "Hey, I, I think uh, I want to do something different Sunday. So here's what we are going to do: um, is uh, Robert, if you would come help us, please, is we're gonna we're gonna lay hands today. Okay. So if I can have the elders come up, and and I was kind of hoping there wouldn't be a lot of people at church today, but there are. <laughs> so <laughs> so. Um, Here's what we're going to do is we're going to lay hands. So I would like you guys to just evenly distribute. We got one, two, three, four, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six um, elders here today. Evenly distribute between um, these guys. So I don't want like everyone at Joe's line. Okay. Though I know you want to. Um, e- yeah. I would, yeah. Um, evenly distribute between these lines and our elders are going to lay hands on you. Okay? For um, three things uh, healing, right? that seems to be pretty basic. Uh, for, for blessing, okay? So they might just pray over you, Numbers 4, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace, and you receive that blessing. And for an impartation of the Spirit, okay? You know, I don't care if you've been in a billion different prayer meetings and, and people pray for you and you fall out and sha la, la la la, the whole thing, okay? You can get more. Okay. All right. Um, so, for so for those three things, so I would just like everyone. Let's just get in line. If you need to stay seated, you know, for, for uh, endurance reasons, that's fine. But I would like everyone to get. Oh, we got Keith here too. We got all. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 receive blessing today through the laying on of our hands.